The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody! So some of the audio in this is a bit wonky because this whole episode originally was about three hours worth of recording, but the last 45 minutes of us recording, my audio mic completely cut out and I had to do some ADR to make the rest of the episode make sense. Um, It's also why this episode is so late and I am really sorry, you guys. If you're watching the video version, um, well, that's what the clown emoji is for to cover my face when the ADR didn't match up correctly, so just consider Consider that the ADR clown from now on. And for anyone new, I swear this isn't a regular thing. This is the first time this has ever happened. (laughs) Thanks for always listening to us and keep it creepy. You're listening to Welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Hunter Moore. And we're going to talk about, I guess, like crazy conventions. Yeah. And I feel I know doing my research, I took conventions as a general term for like large gatherings of people. I mean, like a trade show is a convention. Yeah. Conventions are conventions. Uh, And then there's like conferences. A large meeting or conference, especially of members of a political party or a particular profession. So that technically means anime conventions aren't conventions. If anime was a political party, (laughs) then... I think uh, Aaron Yeager would be voted into something right now. (laughs) And like Levi as well. Like Levi would probably, honestly, they would probably be the president and vice president. Next time I have to vote, I'm going to put my party, my political party is anime. anime. Who would I write in? I would write in probably What's His Face from Food Wars. I love him. He's got such passion. Soma Yukihira. Soma. He's got the passion. He's got the drive. He makes some good ass food. You know, he makes some good food, which is really important in a leader. Honestly, it's funny because we do joke about that. And then remember the really weird, how it became like weirdly important and viral that, um, oh my God, what's his name? He's the, he's not the Zodiac killer. Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz, like, there was a bunch of memes saying, like, he's a time traveler and the Zodiac Killer. I remember that now. Part of the reason why people were like, this is proof he's a murderer is because he said that he only eats canned food. His pantry is just full of canned food and, like, nothing else. He also, though, is such a man-child, and I feel like children don't have refined palates yet, and so if he's just, like, stuck with the mindset of a five-year-old, then I can absolutely see only wanting to eat canned food, because canned food has no flavor. So, apparently it's specifically soup. And I, I typed in, I literally typed in the goodle, goodle, the goodle, the goodle, the goodle, Google Ted Cruz canned food, and the top three articles titles are Ted Cruz once bought a hundred cans of soup. (laughs) They get better as you go. The second one is Ted Cruz got freaky with a hundred cans of soup after his honeymoon. 
The details just get better. And apparently Heidi Cruz is the one who exposed this because she said, and I'm actually opening up this one. What's up, Vice? Is that his wife? I don't know. Heidi. Heidi is his wife. I think they're aliens in human skin. That's the only thing, that's the only reason why someone would buy 100 cans of soup. Well, I'm convinced Mitch McConnell is just a skin suit being worn by aliens. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. You want to know who I also think is aliens in skin suits? The Property Brothers. There's something (laughs) not right about those guys. There is just something behind those eyes that is not human. There is something. They have bodies buried somewhere. Unsettling about them. I've. (laughs) I, and it's not just the, the way they look. Like, my mom loves that show, of course. I just, like, I can't, I don't know. There's just something off. There's something not right. She said, when we got back from our honeymoon, he bought 100 cans of soup. That's the whole quote. Good soup. Heidi Cruz explained that when she and Ted returned from their honeymoon, she sent him off to the supermarket to just pick up a few items, be a normal person, whatever. I was completely shocked to see that he arrived back at our apartment with literally 100 cans of Campbell's chunky soup (gasps) and then she says you don't buy 100 of anything much less canned soup we can't do this i'll be making things like i'll be making food is what she said to him ted cruz says he thought he knew better and said no i know you you won't be making things what a way to come back from your honeymoon my first thought was like how can you be like getting married to someone him up her mom was like her mom was like you don't cook she called her mother for reassurance. I can't believe there's a whole article about this. Thanks, Vice. I Whoever is over at Vice, like, we're hanging out. So her mom said, well, since you probably won't cook a lot for him, you should probably let the man eat his dinner. The nerve. The sheer audacity. Like, if I have just gotten married to someone, I would expect that, like, my eating habits would be, like, established at this point. But then... Ted Cruz is also like super weird and religious, so I wonder if they like hadn't lived together until they oh, got married. Yeah, maybe yeah. that was their little literal first time like living together That's because what I'm thinking, they're like, like. My first thought was like, how do how do you not know that about someone you just got married to? But then yeah, I forgot that people. But then there's like, a whole thing like you can't live with your a man until you're married back with conventions and all that stuff i know we got on a great a great ted cruz uh (laughs) to be fair it fits he goes to a lot of conventions he goes to a lot of conventions it's related so there you go yeah we were actually on topic the whole time so this was my topic that i picked and what inspired it was um i mean we're gonna go to momocon soon it's been so long since we've been to cons and i miss like cons being normal because last time i went to a con and it was like normal in 2019 dragon con yeah because dragon con in 2020 not 2020 it was canceled 2020 last year 2021 like yeah there's a lot of people but like with the masks and like i was living and living i was staying in a hotel room with the with people who straight up would not leave the room at all for any circumstances and we had plastic set up and people you weren't allowed to wear your outside clothes inside the room we had like a changing area it's like a like a literal like clean room like nothing outside was like allowed inside during the Dragon Con like hours. So you had to bring everything. But it's so, a twenty four seven con. Well, we got in on Wednesday. Oh. Okay. 
yeah, it was it was wild. I I didn't even consider going last year because I was like, normal Dragon Con is already overwhelming enough for me. Add on top of that the fact that like I haven't been around huge crowds of people in a year. Mm-hmm. There's still all these like mandates and like yeah. I, like people. Some people were vaccinated. Some people weren't vaccinated. Like I mean, I know people can forge a vaccine card, unfortunately, but you did have to prove you were vaccinated or get a test the day you pick up your badge and so I did both it was almost kind of nice to not have cons for like a minute just to kind of mentally reset it was nice in 2020 to not but 2021 I had friends from out of town visiting I wanted to see and like I just really wanted to go but unfortunately the pandemic and the person I was dating at the time just made the whole thing very stressful yeah (laughs) it was a lot to deal with that I just was trying to contain and control and like I I wasn't actually able to have fun have a good time yeah that's i'm excited though that momocon is gonna be like at least for me my first convention again because it's i feel like it's a little less crazy i always get sick at momocon like clockwork because there's children and kids make me sick i always get the flu that sucks yeah (laughs) so like i used to go to colossal con um the weekend after momo yeah and i would have the flu at class con like i only once at colossal con was i not sick and it was because i hardly went to momo wow but speaking of colossal con there was this hilarious thing that got brought up so they posted this thing saying like you're not allowed to have sex in your hotel room (laughs) 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 and it became a meme very quickly it was like this week but i am trying to I, i think they took the post down but i saw other people posting it how can they tell people what to do in their hotel rooms They were like, you know, because it's a resort of all ages and kids go there, like, no engaging sexual activity in or outside of your hotel room because people could hear you through the walls. And like, I'm sorry, but if you go, if you're going to stay at a hotel, like you're signing up to hear stuff through the walls. I'm sorry. I've never (laughs) stayed in a hotel where I like it was perfectly quiet and you didn't hear people in the hallway or the person next to you, or whatever's going on outside the hotel, like, I'm sorry. And to tell people what not to do in the hotel room, like, I could get, like, outside, like, outside of your room. Sure, I can kind of get it. I get outside the room, but in the room? In the room is just, like, you're paying for that to be your room. I think the backlash do is what so you want. intense. I saw someone post that they took it back. But, yeah, so that was a really funny thing that happened this week related to That's conventions. Bananas. I thought that was such a funny That's fucking thing <laughs> to post. Oh my god. And especially to tell a bunch of drunk people not to do that too. Oh my god, I know. You're, like, talking about, you're talking to a bunch of drunk nerds. Yes, please come here and spend money and get drunk, but then don't do anything. <laughs> don't, don't have fun. You know there's gonna be like a ton of like lewd anime girls in bikinis. Like it's a water park. On the, um, resort. On the- <laughs> it's a resort. Uh, youth group trips that I would go on, they called it purpling. I hate that term because it's like pink and blue makes purple and that's, you know, what if you're gay or whatever, like then why why do we have to assign colors to people? Like I don't like that, but it's the dumbest, like no purpling. I told you about the like weird traumatic story about the like hummingbird. Did you hear that one too? Yes. I, you, they I told you that too? Well, no, you told oh, me. okay, because I remember crazy. we were packed into a bus going to to go whitewater rafting oh that's what i told you 
for Kelly's birthday. It was on the bus ride up there. And I remember it was like sweaty. We were all like packed in. And you're telling and you're telling me this horrific story. And I was just like, and then, of course, we all know Kelly almost died that day. So, like, what a time. Yeah. That ended up being. Listen to our survival story episode, and you'll hear the story about how Kelly tells the story about how Kelly almost died. Fucking terrible. On that trip. Which and it was her birthday. That was that was terrible. That was rough. And I know you were super freaked out because you'd never gone before. No, I I only went because I was like, okay, it's Kelly's birthday. Like I'll Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I really had zero interest in whitewater rafting to this day have zero interest in whitewater rafting i think it's fun but it was spooky when i'm kelly i love, I love that for you but for me whitewater rafting is a no-go i will stay safely on land i am going to use this opportunity to bring a background to conventions nice because i feel like i have a lot of like little stories and like i know you have like a bigger one i mean we've had crazy convention stories i guess mostly that guy threw the chair off the 10th floor of the marriott oh my gosh that it hit someone didn't it i'm looking that up right Right now, two women were hit by the chairs thrown oh, by the balcony. Oh my god! Yeah, with head injuries, they were hit in the head. I remember hearing it because we were on the tenth floor when it happened. We heard like a screaming and people going "wah," and like I looked down, like I heard like the noise. I yeah. guess not realizing what it was. I remember looking down and people being freaking out. They're like, "They just threw a chair! They just threw a chair!" And maybe yeah. like what? And I just thought it didn't hit anyone. Apparently, it hit two women. <gasps> Oh, I know the girl that they interviewed for... (laughs) She was almost my roommate. Okay, I'm going to have to talk to Kelly about this. Not our Kelly, a different Kelly. I know, cosplay Kelly, we'll call her. So Channel 2 Action News interviewed a girl I know about this incident. That's how close we were to it, guys. No, um... (laughs) Their quote from her in exact is... It was just so much blood, which I did not know. I did not see that. Oh, my God. Where it landed was really far away. We were on the 10th floor. I couldn't really see down there. Yeah. I just saw, like, a mass of people freaking yeah. out. Wait, was it her that got hit? It was her. Oh, my God. Kelly's the one who got hit? I didn't know that. I'll have to message her and be like, I didn't know it was you that got hit. We were acquaintances, clearly. Not close. So, Kelly told Channel 2 Action News that she hears a loud pop, felt something wet and warm gushing down her face, and it was just so much blood. And she was rushed to Grady Hospital in stable condition for treatment. Oh, it's a different. There's two Kellys with the same name. That's crazy. So I don't know this Kelly. They just have the exact same first and last name. That's interesting. I mean, to be fair, Kelly is a really common name. Take it all back. This Kelly, who's from Atlanta, happens to have the exact same name of another local cosplayer I know who's always at Dragon Con named Kelly with the exact same last name. That is quite a coincidence. Quite the coincidence. But uh, she was wearing a low costume so she liked the big horns on her head and she says that she thinks that her costume uh helped lessen the blow from the chair absolutely she says i really think that it saved my life i i absolutely believe that the other person who was hit was um someone named jamie dressed up as jessica rabbit oh no and they their hit wasn't as wasn't as hard. I remember like being there. Like that was wild. I don't have a super clear memory of it, but I remember it. Wasted at Dragon Con. So it's hard to remember anything. Every Dragon Con is like a blur for me. <laughs> no, it's like, a fun blur. I, I, it's a fun blur, but like if you ask me for details, <laughs> I, 
I remember big things like that. I would say my only other like stories I feel like I would be personally connected to to conventions is just centered around like people who are sexually harassed or people who are creepy and weird. And, That's like, a whole other can of worms, you, though. Did you go to anime con conventions in when we were in high school, like in the two thousands? Okay, no. that was a lawless time. Let me fucking tell you, yaoi paddles, people just hitting each other with it. That was the time of free hugs glomp like there would be guys standing with a free hug sign and it'd be like all the cute girls like run up and like oh my god hello at anime conventions when i was younger most of the sexual harassment i witnessed was actually like by women like women were the offenders because that was during a time where like people weren't conscious about the fact that like women can be sex offenders too and like yeah. violate people's space so there was a lot of and i felt bad because it's like no one told them they didn't know they're being yeah. creepy they're like i'm a cute girl in a space where people idolize cute girls therefore yeah i can run up to strangers and grab them and be like ooh Except this, that's before Uwu. That was the yeah era. Yeah. It was cat girl. I, I called them cat girls at the time. That's like, what they were. It was always the girls who were wearing like kind of goth casual clothing with cat ears on. My first experience with like having to tell someone to like go, like stop. Like you cannot behave this way. Was, um, I was with this guy, Kyle. It's none of the Kyles that we know. It's a Kyle, it's a long lost forgotten Kyle. We know a lot of Kyles, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was with this guy, Kyle. We are at an anime convention and there's this girl who just like, I guess thought he was really cute and like I, we weren't together so she like hyper attached himself herself to him and she's like you know this cute little like cat girl she was a cat girl she did the whole like yeah yeah like hug whatever glompy stuff xd rar she'd been hanging out with us for like maybe two hours very awkwardly we didn't invite her to hang out with us she just stuck oh, around and like she was like an arguably cute girl but like she was just weird and like that's fine like we're weird but like we still also like don't know you she wasn't really making conversations she was just like around clearly trying to get like with hovering like trying to get with this trying to get with Kyle at one point I just remember looking over and she just like thought it was super cute to bite his neck to which he freaked out and he like yelled at her thank god and he was like you cannot do that she just went up and bit his neck she like thought it was cute she was like doing this thing where she's like resting on his shoulder with her little paws I guess (laughs) like and whatever and all this stuff like trying to be all like close to him and he was just not responding but not pushing her away I think he didn't know what to do I mean yeah and I don't think this girl was like used to rejection because she was like I said a a very cute girl that was the first time I had ever seen like a guy yell at a girl for sexual harassment and I was really glad he did at the time because I was about to like lose it I was because I kind of joined in on like you cannot just bite people and I was like you have to and I told her I was like you have to go this is like 2009 2010 and it was broad daylight we were outside it was just weird we were just standing waiting on somebody to show up like oh, I don't yeah it sounds so cringy it was so cringy but that whole honestly that whole time was a cringy time uh, that was an interesting era of anime conventions and everyone everyone was either dressed like Misa Amane from Death Note or every character from Oron Host Club or um <laughs> Hatsune Miku or Bleach everyone was really into Bleach conventions are fun I it's how I feel like our friend group has kind of gotten closer over the years yeah, and, and like met each and other connected and, hung out. and yeah and yeah. I feel like for the most part it's always a very positive experience you get to 
meet so many different people and you get introduced to so many different things and it's it's one of those places where you bond with people over things that you don't expect to bond over yeah which is always really fun with there's there's always crazy shit that happens always but they're always a super fun time so i guess i'm gonna get into i guess my kind of more longer story so one of the main cons i really wanted to talk about I remember happening because it was such a fucking meme at the time. There were so many memes everywhere. I'm friends online. I'm friends with a lot of people in the like cosplay community. And so if there's something happening in a cosplay con community anime convention somewhere, I'm seeing memes about it. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, there was a convention called DashCon. I have briefly heard of DashCon. Generally, I have no idea what it is. So, so excited to hear about it. So (laughs) DashCon, originally called TumbleCon, was supposed to be a convention that brought nerdy communities from Tumblr together. But it was completely fan-run, fan-based by people who do not know how to run or have conventions. Not event organizers. They are not event organizers. They don't know how to budget. They don't know how to do any of this shit. And there's a lot of controversy about what exactly exactly happened there's facts on what happened there's controversy behind why yeah it was called tumblecon until the website tumblr was like you literally can't associate us with this convention we're not endorsing we it and, and, and we're not sponsoring yeah. it yeah so that's how i it became DashCon, and i think the reason why it became dash is because it was tumble dash con so if you get rid of tumble it's just a dash and i think that's why they <laughs> called it that that's actually hilarious cuz that's the only reason i can see why you would call it that yeah cuz i thought that was such a weird name but yeah. i'm like wait but if it like it was it did have a little dash between it that's really funny this con is famous for being a complete complete disaster the the main fandoms they were trying to bring together was sherlock doctor who Who. supernatural a lot of people actually who were supposed to be guests like actually showed up for this i do believe it was run by completely well-intentioned fans they did crowdfund it and they did an Indiegogo uh, campaign to like crowdsource. And they literally had their badge prices the same as San Diego Comic Con that year. <laughs> so like just a Saturday day badge would be like $45. And I think they thought that that alone would help cover a lot of the costs, I yeah. suppose. Welcome to Night Vale. I think the creators were supposed to come. I think they were actually supposed to record an episode there, like perform. And oh. it was like a really big deal. Yeah. At 9 p.m. that Friday, the organizers claimed that because of a sudden change of plans with hotel staff, they had to miraculously raise $17,000 within an hour. An hour? Or they had to leave and shut down the convention. And amazingly, they did manage to raise those funds in 30 minutes. And so one person later said that they donated $360, like, on the spot. Like, they just, like, gave them. Like, everyone at the convention was, like, giving money, trying to, like, make it happen. Like, people wanted it to be good and make it happen. Yeah. So DashCon staff said that they, you know, would work out reimbursement. So they said that they would reimburse this money and that they just needed it now. Like, it was going to be this whole weird thing. But that that was just the beginning of the money problems. People started getting, like, really suspicious and freaked out when the, uh, uh, Night Vale panel was completely called off, which people were standing around waiting for like hours for it, not knowing they were never going to show up. 
So, so like, it was, like, people were waiting in line for it, thinking it was going to happen. And it was never going to happen. They found out upon arrival, because they got an Airbnb in the area, the, like, cast and creators of Welcome to Night Vale, they found out they weren't getting paid, so they were like, we're not going. Then, uh, another guest webcomic artist discovered, uh, <laughs> I don't know her webcomic, but her name's Noelle Stevenson. She discovered secondhand that she actually was going to have to pay her own hotel bill after having to moderate her own panel and then um she ended up actually sleeping on the sofa of the night veils like past airbnb because she was not about to pay that more people were pulling out by the second there's really famous sherlock holmes podcasters baker street babes that's a funny name they pulled out vendors were pulling out due to low sales and so uh organizers just tried to compensate people who had paid to see night veil apparently they there was like an additional ticket to Mm -hmm. see the night veil Mm -hmm. reading yeah they did it with raffle tickets they gave them raffle tickets and the raffle tickets gave them a chance at attending a concert that night uh concessions in their rooms and very famously an extra hour in the ball pit (laughs) (laughs) and there is a very like like famous photo like the chuck e cheese ball pit yes this is a literal picture of the dash <laughs> what and this is what made it so fucking famous was this picture of the ball pit a and then to the point to where someone cosplayed the dash con ball pit his face he's is just perfect amazing yeah so that's their legacy is this fucking like rinky dink for those listening and who i guess aren't gonna google dash con ball pit i'll paint you a photo imagine a very empty like convention center looking room with like a child size inflatable little ball pit it's, it's like the inflatable it fit, pools that people yeah have for it could their dogs. fit for sitting adults yeah that's about it i'm just trying to imagine like like the people like hearing that that's what they get as their reimbursement like i know just trying to take that in <laughs> like yeah. how would i how could you i literally if i was there i literally wouldn't be able to talk about anything else I, it would like, just be the fucking ball pit like, i guess yeah <laughs> So on Saturday, organizers began the process of trying to explain the whole ordeal to the attendees. Originally, they said that they had worked out a plan to pay over the course of the weekend using money from walk-in passes. They were, like, trying to, you know, take from Harry to pay Tom, whatever the fucking phrase is. Basically, they're hoping there'd be walk-in tickets to take that money to give to people to reimburse them at that point. Then one of the administrators was unexpected, quote-unquote, unexpectedly pulled into a meeting with higher-level hotel staff and told that they had to come up with 20 grand. This is after they already raised 17 grand, I might add. This is the next day. Um, Or they're going to shut down the whole event. And it's not clear exactly why or even if that actually happened. Yeah. Except that it was, quote-unquote, largely due to a miscommunication with hotel staff. A photo of a letter apparently on hotel stationery dated the day 
after the collection attest to the fee there is a photo of this letter the problem is the majority of the letter is redacted so they posted this to show to everybody but most of this letter is redacted all you see so is on this day we need this money with no context yeah cool so it is possible that the letter was a scam or even a last minute attempt to save face i don't know what the fuck that's happened just, but that's not how hotels work that is not how hotels like, work. That's, you sign a, you sign contracts with them ahead of time. Like they're not going to let something happen if they don't have like some assurance that they're going to make some money off of this. And if they're not making enough, they're not just going to say, okay, well here, give me more or else. I think they didn't get enough ticket sales. I think they are anticipating selling a certain amount of ticket sales. And maybe they had already paid other staff people or whatever. Like I, I don't believe it. Obviously Tumblr users were fucking outraged. It was like a whole fucking thing i don't think anyone got their money back like it was just a whole deal like it's and it sounds unfortunate because it doesn't sound like it was ill-intentioned mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound like it was meant to be a scam they or they were try- trying to rip people off they even tried to get tom felton to come as a guest like oh. they were going they were reaching big they just got a little ahead of themselves and then got in too deep but th- that still sucks though like that just sucks all around so there was another convention I wanted to like know on because it's considered the fire fest of conventions <laughs> and this happened in 2018 and I just think it's funny uh it's called Tanacon ah I have you heard of Tanacon I've heard it talked about but I don't really know what it is okay so Tanacon here's a photo of this girl she's a youtuber she named the convention after herself as you do which the convention wasn't about her though so that was interesting to me so basically she wanted to throw an alternative to VidCon because she had huge issues with VidCon and posted and she this girl's 3.5 million followers she's like really engaged with like i think like the vegan community but vidcon is supposed to be like content creation media convention okay so this by the way this article i got this from is from the new york intelligencer uh, written in 2018 um, by madison malone kersher and the way she phrases things is pretty funny she was just (laughs) like in a video you can watch if you have an hour and 18 minutes to kill like mongo explained she will not be attending vidcon this year citing drama over not being designated a feature creator at the event oh so she was mad that she didn't get to be a creator at vidcon with her 3.5 million followers she was just salty she wanted to have her own convention called tanacon bitter yeah i guess her name is tana mongo tana mango doesn't sound so good. and so TanaCon was born and then in a way TanaCon died uh the event was barely six hours into its first day when it was shut down by officials for overcrowding sending thousands of teens many who had been waiting out hours outside in the sun into a tizzy a dehydrated tizzy we can now recount for you to gleefully relive from the relative comfort of wherever you're presently posted up like, I just like the way she wrote this article. Um, to fully understand the descent into madness, you first have to understand how Tanacon ticketing worked. The event, which promised appearances from names like names that teens were going to lose their shit over, Bella Thorne, Miranda Sings, Shane Dawson, someone named Casey Nistat, 
I'm not hip and cool with the kids, all right? I know three out of four, <laughs> and I think that's a win for me. I'm yeah. turning 30 this year. Yeah. Bear with me. So those are just a few to name who yeah. are supposed to be at this event. So you see, the tickets was technically free. Technically free. Technically free tickets to the event went on sale in May. Uh, they sold out in two minutes, so if you didn't manage to get your hands on one. So it's basically first come, first serve, grab a ticket, it's free. But there's a cap on how many people can go. Okay. Because you have to have a ticket, I guess. Yeah. Um, they sold out in two minutes. If you didn't manage to hang your hands on ones, one vlogger reporting live from the crowd said she never actually spotted anybody wearing one of the free badges, but there were VIP tickets that were available for $65. So if you got the VIP ticket, it promised a concert, gift bags, private signings, and personal pictures. And for $65, it's a really good deal. That's not bad. That's really, like, I paid 65 for all that if it was like people I really wanted to see yeah um and in 2018 no doubt once at TanaCon VIPs discovered the bags contained just stickers and one condom (laughs) what condom is a sight to behold what stickers Uh, and a single a singular condom are we talking like a quality condom like i don't think so so inside the venue some fans inflated their condoms and passed them through the (laughs) air like beach balls and here's a photo of the condom yes tana condom tana condom Uh, it was it was funny if the con succeeded. Yeah. But it didn't. It failed. So the VIP ticket was also supposed to be a free pass for meet and greet lines. Fans later discovered you had to RSVP online for creator-specific meet and greets. Those events had headcount caps. So most fans found themselves locked out anyways. So the fans that knew you had to RSVP in the first place were pretty much the only ones who got to meet anybody. Um, And you only got one meet and greet RSVP and most of them sold out immediately. So you only got to pick one. What? So this other 18-year-old girl said that they ended up giving everyone at registration the VIP badge because they ran out of the free ticket badges. So almost (laughs) everyone was actually wearing a VIP badge. So it was really unorganized. Um, It turns out it didn't really matter which ticket you had. Once attendees arrived at the venue, they were all instructed to stand in the same line no matter what they had or hadn't paid, which this guy showed up at 6 fucking a.m. to the line and said VIPs also stood in the same line as free pass holders, and that is why it took so long and he said i was able to get inside on friday but i was first in line and got there at 3 30 a.m said another fan who drove six hours from her hometown to go but for those fans who didn't arrive in the wee hours in the morning me if they if i was going to this the hell no 3 30 a.m jesus the venue could only hold 5,000 people, 20,000 oh. showed up. Oh, okay. And Just most a of these crowded. people never made it in the door. Those oh that God. got to witness, among other things, apparently there was a wedding there where two of Tana's fans got married. It was just some couple who tweeted to her asking if they could get married at TanaCon, so she got ordained. All right, that's kind of cool. This guy said it was fun. Another attendee, Mary, said she and her boyfriend watched someone get taken out of the event on a stretcher. They said, I was inside for about 35 minutes and left left in about 10 minutes before the police (laughs) shut it down. Oh, here's a video of the wedding. Amazing. Wow. 
There was still far too many fucking people at this event. Yeah. The parking lot was just filled. So even if you tried to leave, if your car was in the parking lot, you couldn't. Here's the other issue. This is in California outside in the summer. It's July. It's hot as fuck. Hot as shit. And everyone just starts getting really hot, sunburn, bad time. Yeah, and a lot of people tweeted their sunburns being like, I, I'm in so much pain for my sunburn. I really hope I get a refund from TanaCon. What the fuck? Oh my god, I just went to get a sunburn sick. Jesus. They said that the line wrapped around the parking lot. Uh, we stood in line for literally like four and a half hours in the hot, hot sun. I currently have second degree burns on my shoulders from sunburn. After we finally got to the other side of the parking lot, worker had a microphone and was saying that the capacity was full and due to safety concerns, they were canceling the entire event. I saw people crying and everyone was chanting, refunds, refunds, or Tana, Tana. So yeah, after a lady said it was canceled, everyone started screaming, complaining, and cussing. A 13-year-old who had bought a VIP ticket and waited six hours to be turned away said everyone ran to registration tent and threw the merch. They were throwing pop sockets, TanaCon badges, stickers. They were just taking shit and just like throwing it. And this led to everyone destroying everything. Tana came outside to calm the crowd. Oh, good move. And uh, it did not... That'll do it. It it did not end well. Fans screaming, phones raised above their heads with their cameras ready to film whatever the fuck was about to happen. And then the fire marshal and police came to shut down the whole event. Nice. After Mongo came out and then Bella Thorne came out with her and told the crowd that she and her team were getting things figured out for the second day of the event. It's just a lie. Just a straight lie. She also tweeted that she and her team had located a second venue to fit another 5,000 people on day one and this what never materialized. What about the other 10,000 people? I don't know. Bella Thorne lies a what lot. What about the other 10,000 so. people? So this did not happen. Optimistic fans weren't giving any indication the second day of the convention would also be canceled until they arrived on day two because they were told by Bella Thorne and Good Times Live and Tana there was going to be a day two and that that did not happen so the next day there was no announcement that day two was canceled even though it was this person named Cameron uh, showed up at the venue at 7 a.m. there were people gathered in the parking lot where the line was and employees told us it was canceled Tana did not officially announce the whole event was canceled until literally hours later um good times I've apologized um Tana also posted an apologetic thread offering refunds to everyone who bought a ticket and offering her gmail address to discuss reparations oh. for any fans who traveled particularly Ooh, far brave of her I, ex- I expect she got 20,000 emails then uh nearly all of them however wanted to be very clear that they don't blame Tana for went down they don't believe it was her fault there was just too many people there and that's what caused everything to go bad it's apparently a quote of what someone said. It is her fault. Yeah, no. <laughs> the mental gymnastics you have to go to be like, well, it wasn't her fault. And it's just like, yeah, it was. Actually, yeah. it was very much her fault. Yeah. When you're a public figure, you have to take resp- some level. Like, you're not fully responsible for your fans, of course. They're, they're their own people. Yeah. However, you have to understand that people are going to look up to you. People are going to listen to what you have to say. And they're going to go the extra mile to be able to, you know, interact with you and stuff. And so, yes, she was absolutely responsible. So due to lawsuits, people finally started getting refunds. Yeah, I, I figured as much. I mean, Which is the same thing with Firefest. It just takes a while. Th- but there's no way with something that big that she could have gotten away with 
not reimbursing anyone, especially when like people got physically injured. October later that year, the Verge article, Tanacon organizer Good Times Entertainment files for bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) So let's hear your sister's story now that I've talked everyone's ear off for so long. I personally love listening to you talk my ear off. So, um, I did a little more of a deep dive on something that I had not heard about before, and I came across it while I was just looking for something to talk about. So there's world fairs, right? What exactly is a world fair? Is it like a a cultural convention? I'm really glad you asked, because instead of just, like, reading my research, I was trying to find some, like, clever way to, like, go into how I found the story, when I really... The answer to your question is my first sentence, so I should have just started with that. (laughs) (laughs) For those not familiar with the concept of a world's fair, also known as a universal exhibition or an expo, they are large international exhibitions designed to showcase the achievements of various nations so it's just nations being like look this is some cool shit i got check it out that sounds like a great way to get a lot of good food honestly yes (laughs) and we'll get to that so the first exhibition was the great exhibition held in london in 1851 so among the six million attendees holy shit in 1851 1851. Six million people got on their goddamn horses and said, We're fucking (laughs) going. Yeah, they fucking did. Honestly, I would have gone. If you don't have money, the likeliness of actually being able to experience other countries' cultures is so slim. Also, there was nothing else to do. It was 1851. What the fuck else are you going to do? Die of the black lung or tuberculosis? (laughs) I don't know what there was to do. Go out on a ship and die. Get cholera. Die in a hurricane unknowingly. No one knows what happened to you. You just never heard from again. Yeah. You have a widower left behind, unsure about her marital status, and is unsure if she can legally move on or not. Yeah, what else are you going to do? There's a death certificate. No. Now she's stuck with two kids. Oh, shit. That you barely know. God damn it. Because you went an adventure on a fucking boat. Versus. Right, so six million people show up, including famous historic figures such as Charles Darwin, Karl Marx, Lewis Carroll, Charles Dickens and Charlotte Bronte. Wow, all those people were alive at the same time. Weren't yeah, they? they sure fucking were, weren't they? When I was reading this, I was like, I know all of these people, and I had no idea. Like, if you like, asked did they me, know each other? If you had asked me, like, if they were all in the same time period, I'd be like, no, like probably not. That was the first one, and now we're gonna move on. Now. It's 1893. 1893, Chicago. And it's, so the World Fairs weren't like, it's it's not like conventions today where it was like a weekend. It was usually somewhere between three to six months. It wasn't like six million people in a weekend. It's still a shit ton of fucking people. So, 1893. Chicago. After years of planning, construction, financing, this was actually properly financed, unlike Dashcon or Tanacon. <laughs> They've done all this preparation. Um, Chicago has outbid New York, uh, you know, all the big major, Boston, the big major cities. Um, they have outbid to host the New World's Fair. Um, they're trying to show that they're the spiffy new kid on the block. They are ready to host the World's Columbian exposition. Why, you might ask, was it called the world's Columbian exposition? Because I I was curious, personally. Well, the organizers of this event um, were trying to come up with some sort of theme, if you will, and American exceptionalism 
was really popular at the time. Go America, we're the fucking best. Because we believe ourselves to be number one. We, America's number one. That, yes. How else to best celebrate this idea? Why, the 400 year anniversary of Christopher Columbus discovering the new world. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. (laughs) The expo was given the official nickname, the Chicago World's Fair. And that's what I'm going to use going forward because honestly, fuck Christopher Columbus. Oh my God, is Columbia named after him? And I didn't realize this. Columbia is named after Columbus. God fucking. Thanks, Francisco de Miranda. Why did you do that? You cool. could have named it Miranda. Mirandia. We're going to just call it the Chicago World's Fair or just the Expo because fuck Christopher Columbus. General overview of the fair. It significantly changed the culinary landscape of America. We start getting into some pre-prepared processed foods such as uh, delica- delicacies such as juicy fruit gum, cream of wheat, cracker jacks, Shredded wheat cereal, peanut butter, brownies. But that's when peanut butter was made. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you had brownies? I know. Cookies lasted for so long, and then brownies, no, just no one thought of it. They were like, what if we took a cookie and a cake and maybe made a thing? The idea that peanut butter is less than 200 years old, it's just smashed up peanuts. Do you like peanut butter? I fucking love peanut butter. Okay, good. We are very fortunate to be living yeah. during the first 150 years of peanut butter. Sliced bread and peanut butter. It might just get better with time. We don't know. Oh my god. It the could future be so of peanut butter. <laughs> Peanut butter 200 years from now is going to be fucking sick. That shit's going to be dope. They're going to be like, wow, I feel bad for people in 2022 because they didn't have this peanut butter. So we have (laughs) peanut butter. We got brownies. Like, I've never considered a world without brownies. You just don't think about it, man. Like, I've just never been, The privilege we have. I know. We've been living with, like, just unaware of how lucky we are. Imagine how lucky they felt being there when peanut butter was made for the first time. Yeah. I wonder how good it actually was. To them, it was probably great. They didn't know any better. That's that's true. They didn't know any better. They didn't know that. They didn't know how it could be. It was an improvement on anything because it hadn't existed. You're correct. I'm just being... Being a future peanut butter person and being past peanut butter probably sucks. Judgmental. To, that's what I'm saying. Peanut butter 200 years from now is gonna be dope. Oh, I'm excited. Well, we're you not, know, we're not been, gonna be there, but you know, honestly, I've been feeling such existential dread recently because of the world, and I'm like, the future is just the world burning. But now, now I have something to look forward to, and I'm honestly really excited to see <laughs> where I have a new. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter saved the world today. Amazing. Aunt Jemima pancake mix, which is honestly older than I thought. Like, I like instant pancake. Yeah. Hearing, know. like, the brand names, but the one yeah. that really got me, the drink of choice for rednecks, hipsters, and frat guys alike, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Man, they really didn't change that design for a long time. <laughs> they did not. I just like to imagine these, like, proper gentlemen and ladies taking a sip of a PBR <laughs> and being like, oh, delicious. Did you ever see Kate and Leopold? Mm-mm. Okay, don't worry about it. Envision, envision a man of this time at the Chicago World's Fair and he somehow is having, drinking this PBR. He time travels to somewhere in America, 2013. He looks at a brick wall. There's a giant painting of PBR can. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, it's here. It's always been here. And he probably thinks we're worshiping it or something. <laughs> we don't not worship it well, we in did. a weird way. I don't think PBR is as faint, like as big as it was when we were in college, like today. I actually did a very, very brief 
dive into PBR. <laughs> PBR has had one of the most like roller coaster rides of popularity where it went it's had these like resurgences of like different types of different social groups like claiming it as their own and bringing it back as like this is ours now interesting because like if you think about it rednecks drink pbr hipsters drink pbr i mean like it's frat boys because it's cheap it's cheap, but, like, it's also, like, it's very much, like, a cultural icon. It's not, like, a dad beer. Like, it's not as mainstream as, yeah. like, a, a Bud Light or, like, Like a, a designer Light. cheap beer. Yes. It's it's <laughs> actually very, very interesting. I'm sorry. This Prosecco is making me... Prosecco. It sounded like you said Prosecco with an accent. Prosecco. <laughs> Pear secco. It sounds like an accent. It does. And I'm trying to not say it with one. Pear secco. Uh, other than food, there were, um, to stay on theme, life-size reproductions of Christopher Columbus's three ships. Whoa. Life-size oh reproductions. Life-size. They, so they built three boats. Yes. Full ships. Bu- one could experience the first moving walkway or travelator, as they called it. That sounds so futuristic. I know. <laughs> Are you talking about like a conveyor belt? Basically. There were two versions where you could stand and it would move or you could sit in a seat and it would move. You could also ride the world's first Ferris wheel, which I thought was kind of cool. The expo lasted from May 1st to October 30th. It drew over 27 million attendees. Wow. They increased in size since the first. Yeah, they sure did. Over 60 times the amount of people who attended Woodstock. What's the population of Chicago? Do we know? Because they are at capacity. The fair, the expo, they basically built a small neighborhood in Chicago for the fair. They built buildings, like full-size, huge buildings. They were temporary. Only three of them are still standing today. Like, they were not meant to be permanent buildings. They were built for the, like, six months, and then they were taken down. Like uh, what they do for the Olympics. Basically, buildings on the outside with just enough structure on the inside to for the exhibitions and stuff but they they built basically a neighborhood for all of these people because they also had to house all the vendors all of the performers all of the stuff and i was having way too much fun and in my notes it says cute keith morrison voice from dateline i don't even know how you do a keith morrison voice but i, I just it. imagined i wrote this really dramatic sentence to segue into some tragedy amongst all the wonderment and novelty of shiny new inventions and tasty new foods peanut butter tragedy was about to strike <laughs> Where? i was watching dateline secrets uncovered while i was watching this and it was <laughs> keith morrison and i was like what if keith morrison was narrating this <laughs> Really, tragedy was about to strike, actually. I'm not being... It wasn't just dramatics. And this is not to touch on the rampant racism and misogyny that was evident at the fair. This episode would literally never end. I have to go to bed eventually. We are going to talk about the afternoon of July 11th. So we're two months into the expo, and flames are seen coming from the smokestack of the cold storage building. And the smokestack is is a big chimney. This was a building built specifically to house perishable products for the various vendors. Um, So like the food, um, anything that needed to be kept cold. It also had an ice skating rink, which thankfully had not been open to the public yet. The building stood 200 feet tall, which for reference is 
about a 20-story building. Big fucking building. I'm using my experience of being on the 10th floor of the Marriott as a chair was thrown down yeah. as reference. It's it's a really fucking big building. <laughs> this earned it the nickname, the greatest refrigerator on earth. Which, what a title. I know. I mean, such an honor. <laughs> the building itself had a steel or iron frame, and um, it had the tall smokestack in the middle. And the organizer of the event, Daniel Burnham, supposedly could see the black smokestack from his office, and he demanded that it be made to match the rest of the buildings that had been built for the fair, which were covered in white stucco. All the buildings were white. It had the nickname the White City at one point. And so So this meant that the entire building was then encased in an outer wall of wood. So you have your steel or iron frame, crap ton of wood surrounding it. A quote from the Chicago Tribune, um, a reporter says, quote, It was architecturally a thing of beauty, and to its construction is due the awful loss of life. Very ominous. So flames are seen, firefighters arrive, um, and they go up. There was this tower, basically, surrounding the smokestack. They're going up into this tower to put out the fire. By the time they get up there, another fire starts below them on the ground floor, creating, quote, a fire pit. Due to the design of the building, which was rapidly burning around them, many of the firefighters were unable to escape. Because there's fire above them, there's fire below them. So some slide down fire hoses, some were trying to slide down ropes, but the ropes were burning, the hoses were burning. Everything's flammable. Tanks of like chemicals that were like to help thing- keep things cold, like ammonia and stuff that were exploding. So there was that. And like thankfully this wasn't like a building, like an exhibition building or something. It was mostly storage. So there weren't just like a ton of people in there. Um, but there were a couple like building workers um, and the firefighters. Some managed to get out. Some were very literally trapped. Uh, some of the firefighters recognized their fate from atop the tower and voluntarily leapt in. Um, a quote from a Chicago Tribune article. Chicago Tribune article. Closer and closer together huddled the men on that narrow wooden ledge that stood between them and death. They knew that there was little chance of escape. With the courage of true heroes, they resolved to meet it like brave men. One poor fellow forced his way through the little band of comrades, but his was no selfish object. He grasped one of them by the hand, threw his arms around his neck, and there they said goodbye to one another. The example was infectious. Farewells were said and messages to be delivered if one or the other escaped were given. And everyone could just see them? As this tragedy is unfolding inside the burning building, 25,000 people were watching from outside as this building burns. 25,000 people. Just hanging out. They were just attendees of the fair. Took over 800 of the expo's security force to keep the bystanders away from the building because there were so many people trying to like see what was going on. This does not account for the fact that 19 fire engines arrived 19 fire engines for one building and they still struggled to put it out that's a big ass fucking fire yeah like at this point the entire building is just an inferno isn't there another famous chicago fire or is this the famous chicago fire that one was before stop lighting chicago on fire that one was significantly higher loss of life So eventually, only two men are left alive in the tower. One of the men was Captain James Fitzpatrick, who had been directing the other men. So he's a firefighter. With time running out, Fitzpatrick encouraged his last companion to take a partially burned rope and attempt an escape. Um, The man refused. He didn't want to abandon his friend. 
um, and the rope was burning, so there was no assurance that it was going to even work. So the man refused. Captain Fitzpatrick was like, well, I'm not just going to sit here. Um, So he grabs the rope. He swings down across the flames, and he manages to land on the ground, injured, but he's alive, and he's out of the building. The last firefighter, the man who originally refused, sees that this has worked. Oh, no. Tries the same thing with another rope, but just as he lets go of the rope, the tower collapses, taking the man down with it. Captain Fitzpatrick later died at the hospital. Oh, so he kind of didn't survive. Yeah. He had the black lung. He might have had the black lung. You're not supposed to breathe in smoke. Yeah, don't do that. Stop, drop, and roll. Put your hand against the wood of the door. To see if it's hot on the other side. On the other side. Fire safety is important to us here at Corn on the Macabre. Well, Hunter survived a fire that I might have accidentally started. Unintentionally. I did close that microwave door and I am very sorry. To this day, it could have been anyone accidentally closing that microwave door. But we were the And I'm not convinced that I didn't use it to make dinner that night. Ah! So it very well. Now we have to explain. Well, now I have to explain. <laughs> you're, the, you're the survivor. You I I did. Okay, so I was house sitting for um, this family that I was nannying for. They had gone out of town for the weekend for like a wedding, and their son that they had um, adopted was like a literal infant, like a, an actual baby. And so I was house sitting. And I was bored and lonely, so I invited Katie to come over. We watched Arrested Development. Development. I forgot about that. We did. Um, And we ate cereal. Yeah, I forgot that. (laughs) We ate cereal. (laughs) Yeah. There was a dog, Rue, um, a very big, fluffy, sweet, sweet dog. Then you left because you had to, like, go do something, I guess. They had a guest room I could have slept in, but that bed was so fucking uncomfortable. So I decided to sleep on the couch. And so it's early morning probably like five or so like it was maybe a little later it was just starting to get light outside and I wake up because this dog is like licking my face aggressively like straight slobbering on me and I'm like excuse me and then I notice and then like even after I'm awake the dog is still like eating my face then I notice that it smells a little weird and there's this weird orange glow coming from the kitchen. Super weird. I'm like not awake <laughs> at this point. I had stayed up super late. Like I was not awake. But eventually it kicks in like, oh, there's a fire. Cool. And it's, to this day, I still remember, I don't sleep with a bra on, but I remember being like, I have to put a bra on. So because this shirt I was sleeping in was like kind of a little see-through, like not a lot, but I was like, the firefighters come. Like I <laughs> I knew the house was on fire and I stop and put on a bra, which like looking back, I'm like, why? But (laughs) the adrenaline had kicked in and I was not thinking. I was just, I needed a bra. So there was the front door of the house and then there was the side door through the kitchen. The front door, the lock was like jammed or something. Couldn't open. Like you could not open it so the only way out was either through a window or through the side door of the kitchen i was not about to leave the dog if i had tried to go through a window like break a window there is no way that i could have lifted easily like a hundred pound dog big dog there's no way i could have lifted her through a window and i don't think that i could have gotten her to jump through the window so i was like well and i really was not thinking at all it was just like i was like well i guess i have to go through the kitchen which was like fully on fire both all walls of the kitchen both both sides yeah oh my god 
(laughs) I remember, thankfully, I had a leash not in the kitchen. So I like went and like put the leash on Rue. I had to pull her through the kitchen. So I'm pulling this 100 pound dog. She probably is like, fuck this. Oh, she was not about it. (laughs) Not having it. But I felt like I had some fucking superhuman strength in the moment because it didn't feel that hard to pull her through. Maybe it was adrenaline. Maybe it was just that the floor was slippery. I don't know. We get through the kitchen. The door is locked. So I, and you have to unlock it with a key. And the key is in a drawer by the door. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. It's on fire. Which is on fire. So I have to stop, open the drawer, dig and find the key because there were other keys in the drawer. And like, it was like one of those drawers that just has like, it was just one of those drawers that has like stuff in it. And it was, there were no lights on. Like it was smoky. There was fire. I find the key. I do specifically remember I touched the wood of the door. Oh, look at you go. I know. I <laughs> I had to touch the handle to open the door and the handle facing the room oh. that had the fire in it. I thought it would have been really hot, but for some reason it wasn't. Maybe because it was an outside door and it was like morning and it was cool outside. So we get through the door. We're out. We're safe. I closed the door behind me. The like m- lead firefighter man came up to like check on me and he was like, ma'am, why did you close the door behind you? And I was like, what? He was like, you closed the door to the house when when you left why did you do that and i was like i don't know you just close the door when you leave and he was like well you you saved this house it would have it would have burned to the literal ground if you had left the door open and i was like uh-huh. Cool, uh-huh. okay <laughs> i just closed the door like i'm sorry no one was hurt and that's like the literal worst thing that can happen as your house setting someone else's house is that it burns down Yes, but I was really, I was really glad though because they, they figured out that the microwave had short circuited. I remember when I first started um, nannying, they told me about the microwave because I had to heat up the like baby formula to, so it would be warm. I remember them saying like, now you can't leave the microwave door closed because it does this weird clicking thing and it can get kind of annoying and we're going to get someone to look at it, but just don't close the microwave door. And I was, I remember thinking that that was like kind of weird and, and like it's an electrical device and I feel like those shouldn't click. And just so you guys know, this is the kind of microwave that's like mounted to the wall, uh, like a round wooden cabinet. Yeah. It's not the kind that sits on the countertop. It's like up on the wall. And on the other side of that wall is where the kid's bed was. The nursery. The nursery. That's where literally on the other side of that wall was his crib. Did it get burned down too? Yes. If it had been the family there and not me, it could have been way worse and the bedrooms were like on the other side of the house from the kitchen so they might not have known and like by the time the fire was going the the smoke alarm was not going off the dog woke me up not this not the alarm if it had been the family there it could have been way worse so in a weird way it was very well i'm glad we burnt that house if there was gonna be a fire that was the time because i remember you telling me that the microwave had some sort of weird short circuit and then i forgot so like I remember I showed up, I immediately noticed the microwave door was open and I closed it, but then you were like, oh no, this has to stay open because it, it like sparks or something. Maybe you said clicking, but my first thought was like short circuit. Yeah. Fire hazard. Yeah. <laughs> my literal first thought. Well also if you and, see uh, a microwave door open, like you're just going to close it. Like close you, it. that's just what you do. I just remember feeling horrified because you like called me or texted me the next morning after everything had happened and you were like, by the way, the house burned down. 
because I was there like 12 hours ago. And um, my very first thought was the microwave. <laughs> I closed it on my way out and I like remembered that. I was like, I forgot. It was open. When I was like leaving, I was like, fuck this. And I just kind of closed it for no reason. And I just kind of left. I didn't know if you had interacted with the microwave. I just assumed I'm the one who closed it. You're the one who remembers to open it. So I was like, I burnt their house down. Oh my God. Like, I really was like, I burnt someone's house down. If you did, then you did them a favor. Apparently, so you're welcome. Because not only did nobody get hurt, but they also um, got a new house after that that was much nicer than the one they had because oh. thank you, insurance. One of us did them a favor. I did ask the firefighter, I was like, was the microwave open? Because I couldn't remember if I closed it or not um, and they said that the door had melted off so they didn't know it was closed there's no way I would bet not my own life it's someone else's life <laughs> which is still a big consequence yeah. that microwave door was closed yeah so fire safety is really important to us the Chicago Tribune called the tragedy quote a baptism of fire and blood Man, people just aren't the same with words anymore. Sure aren't. Unfortunately, 12 firefighters and four civilians died. Um, one of the civilians to this day has not been identified. At the time, it was the deadliest tragedy for firefighters in Chicago history. But the previous, the Chicago, the big Chicago fire was deadly because it killed just more people in general. I know that you have talked about H.H. Holmes already, but this is... The fair that you mentioned where he lured victims to his murder hotel. He built hotel rooms specifically for the fair. I know this is so fucked up, but I'm kind of sad that hotel burned down. Another fire in Chicago. There is one other tragedy that happened that I didn't write details down about because I couldn't really find that many details. The mayor of Chicago was assassinated two days before the fair was scheduled to end. What the fuck was happening at this fair? The mayor had allegedly promised this guy like hey when i'm re-elected for my fifth term he had it coming when i'm re-elected <laughs> for my fifth term if you help me i'll give you a high-powered position in my administration and guess who didn't do that when he got re-elected the mayor this guy was pissed about it shot him basically the last two days of the fair all about commemorating the mayor and not necessarily like closing the fair so i don't think of mayors as being assassinated i also feel like being a mayor was a bigger deal i'm a mayor like, honestly, if you were like, hey, I the mayor's coming to my house tonight for dinner. Do you want to come over and meet him? No. H.H. H. Holmes killed the two sisters, Minnie and Annie, I think. Nanny. Minnie and Nanny. We have the 16 people who died in the fire, the two sisters, and the mayor, which brings us to a total of 19 deaths related to the Chicago World's Fair. And that is my story. I was not expecting like the wikipedia article was like blah 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 facts about the fair fire assassination serial killer i was like ah, what, what it was jam 
jam-packed. And that was that, and I really actually enjoyed this topic because it was something... Well, I feel like a lot of our topics I tend to like go towards something I'm already familiar with but for this one I really had to like grasp for something new to talk about really felt like I got to learn a bunch of new stuff thanks for joining us I'm Katie Adkins I'm Hunter Moore and uh, also look forward to an interview with magical girl Melanie on her experience as a face character in the Disney parks And how wonderful and awful it was. Wonderful and awful. Dreams do come true. At a cost. (laughs) Keep Keep it creepy. (laughs) Intro music by Richie Gaser from The Phantom Friends. They're pretty good. Give them a listen.